0: I actually didn't even pay much attention to what he looks like. I found out later, much to my surprise, he was a very handsome man. But I had trained myself to not really pay attention to that because I didn't want it to be a number one quality.
1: of Dear Men. I am pleased to announce that we have with us Catherine Amon, a therapist and tantric coach. You coach dating, tantric dating, but you also work with couples, right?
0: That's correct. I work with both. I think a lot of the principles are the same.
1: Yeah, whether you're working with singles or couples. Well, welcome yeah. to the podcast. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you. Yeah, tantra is a great goal for the new year. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, you know, when people hear the word Tantra, I think they have sort of a an assumption about what that means. So I was wondering if you could just start by kind of outlining what Tantra actually is and for you, what, you know, what you mean when you talk about Tantric dating? Oh, sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, as you said, most people, when they hear Tantra, they think it, it means um, some kind of illicit sex, wildness. I know Facebook, every time I pay, post a tantric event, they have to always uh, ban it first before I explain to them this, we're not doing sex in this workshop. Tantra is very sex positive, It's, um, but it's actually positive about everything. It's really a life, a worldview that everything is sacred. Most of us grew up in a worldview where some things are sacred and some things aren't. And in a tantric worldview, everything including sex is sacred, and that bringing that sacredness to sexuality is really what I see as the the essence of tantra. Um, when we do tantric dating, we're talking about uh, well i had um I had lived in a tantra ashram earlier in my life. I was a complete dating disaster, and um, <laughs> when I went to this lived in this tantra ashram to study tantra full time for a year. The men and women and women and women and men and men all met each other in a very different way than we do here in the West. They, Everybody became friends first and then saw if a sexual friendship was possible on top of that, in addition to that. So it was this friends first, this respect first, this um, nurturing a sense of safety and warmth before a sexual relationship was considered. Um, really made sense to me. And it was easy to meet people there. And um, and uh, it wasn't like here where we go into dating with this uh, very prejudiced idea of if you look a certain way, talk a certain way, squawk a certain way, then and we feel sexually attracted first, then maybe later on we'll develop a friendship. But they're really seen here in the West as two separate things. In fact, there's a lot of relationship coaches or therapists who think that if you have too much friendship, that kills sexual attraction, and that is not actually borne out by research.
1: Interesting. So let's back up to when you were at this ashram, because I think one thing that you mentioned was being able to meet a lot of different people and become friends first. Uh huh. And it's interesting because I feel like if you went to a four year college in the U.S., that was a good place to meet people and become friends with them in classes or things like that. And, and once you get out into the real world, it's actually pretty hard to be in environments where you can become friends with someone before dating. Obviously it's possible, but I wonder like that ashram sounds like a really safe place. Like you're all in the same place. You're living on the campus, you're eating meals together you have interactions, like there's a lot of opportunity to get to know people without the pressure of dating. And I feel like in the real world, that's like more of a challenge. What do you think about that? Might,
0: yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it can be more of a challenge, but the way we're doing it actually is not working. You know, we're meeting people in a way that uh, actually encourages the be people to be less loving towards each other. And so it's like, one thing I teach in my workshops is, for example, most people, list, most of your listeners, most people um, are, uh, who are dating and on a spiritual path and, and personal growth path and so forth uh, are really non-prejudiced in their normal lives. So they would like, for example, have friends of all ages, friends of all ethnicities, friends of all, all kinds of interesting persuasions. When we go into the dating world, we are utterly rejecting of anybody who's not a a fantasy object type, romantic fantasy object. So an example I give of this is one of my students who had checked on the boxes on the online dating. Uh, She wasn't really interested in meeting. um, She didn't think she would be interested in meeting a Muslim man. And of course, guess who she's married happily married to now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, how did they meet i'm curious they, they met
0: well i had been coaching her on let's let's see who can be friends first and they actually met uh in the streets. he was sitting at a coffee shop and just said hello to her and she decided to talk to him uh whereas she probably wouldn't have talked to him without this more what i call tantric perspective of let's just meet other human beings in a non with the same non-prejudice we would we would take to our normal lives. Let's take that into dating. Let's see if a friendship is possible because friendship is, uh, I'm going to quote Dr. John Gottman. Are you familiar with him?
1: Yes. He's, he's an attachment uh, therapist.
0: He, yeah, he's, he actually he's up in Seattle and he actually puts electrodes on couples to see when they're fighting and what happens to them and so forth. And he found that 70% of people in relationships that they find happy say that the friendship is the most important quality. And when I heard that, I thought, that's odd. I would say, uh, men would say sex. And actually the men who are in uh, healthy, happy relationships say the friendship's the most important quality. So that's what the actual research says. And yet we think in the West here that we're looking for, uh, we're not looking for friends first. So not discounting the power of sexual attraction, I'm just saying let's, Let's act as if we are in that college environment you're talking about. Let's take it into that ashram quality of, hey, you're a human being. Let's spend this hour. We're having coffee together, just enjoying each other without this sort of, if you're not my fantasy, what are you doing in my space? What a waste of time. And all these mean things you hear people say about dating. Um, you know, just to say, let me be a, have this be as loving encounter as possible. And that way I'm changing myself into a more loving person, more capable of attracting love.
1: So when you talk about tantric dating, what I'm hearing is bringing more love to the whole experience, not just romantic love, but yeah. just love of, of, of people. Yeah, I'm
0: calling it. Uh, uh, I have a tagline in my book and my workshops is bringing love and awareness to the dating process because I dated um, very heavily for three and a half years. I decided I was gonna um, find the love of my life and I got coaching and I got, um, you know, I just did everything I could think of. I was on five online dating sites and so on, and I was just noticing that the more I participated in mainstream uh, online dating going out and meeting guys, uh, I noticed that I was becoming more and more picky and more and more a little bit unkind, I have to say, uh, because I think the process encourages us to be unkind and really dismissive of people who and really treat people dismissively. I think most daters have had the experience where they've maybe shown up for the date and the other person didn't like how they looked and just left or... Uh, wasn't willing to be even have a friendly conversation or we may have found ourselves doing that and I think what's happening is we're trying to find love by being unloving and in Tantra we see that uh, every person is can be sexy every person is lovable that may not be my person but that's still a sexy valuable person and I felt what I saw and what I teach and what people are finding love through my workshops is by acting more lovingly, then my frequency becomes more loving and I'm more likely to attract someone loving loving behavior back.
1: Yeah, part of what I like about that is I feel like it can take some pressure off of the first date <laughs> or those kind of dating environments, like you said, where everyone's sort of on their best behavior trying to get to the next date or trying to decide right away is this person my soulmate?
0: Well yeah that's what I find is people will decide on the basis of a a, you know half an hour date whether or not this person could be their soulmate or not and you know what I tell people about that is that's just the trailer of the movie you have no idea You know, we've we've all been to a trailer of a movie and and thought it looked great. And then we went to the movie and it was terrible. And, you know, all you're getting on a first date is uh, whether or not this person conforms to the mainstream idea of whether or not this is a good date. Not whether or not it's a good date for you.
1: So So, when you so you've worked with a number of people who sort of, um, you know, moved into tantric dating, what kinds of transformations have you seen? I mean, you mentioned the woman who, she married that guy. Yep, she did. She she married that guy. Were they, I'm curious in that case, for example, did they build a friendship first? And when you say build a friendship, was that like they spent a month, you know, getting to know each other with no physical contact, no sexual contact of any kind, or like, what does that mean to build a friendship I actually
0: don't know about that because we don't have rules about that I mean as you know we've all met people who had sex on the first date and are still together 20 years later we've met people who've waited so we're not particularly making rules against that I know in the ashram people would sleep together whenever they wanted but the point is is there a basis in a friendship am I even comfortable with this person you know there's you, you might relate to this I realize I've been in relationships I was even married to somebody who I realized after about three or four years we're not even comfortable in the same room together you know it's like we had great sexual attraction we had this and that but it's like to just sit in the same room together there's a tension so really I think what we're looking for is our best friend who's also our sexual best friend who we just love hanging out together we love hanging on the couch watching TV. We like patting each other on the butt when we're Trader Joe's. We just feel comfortable. And I think that that sort of comfort makes for really great lovemaking, really great relationships, rather than this sort of frantic, uh, high-pitched, romantic uh, expectations and fantasy projection that really is creating a lot of problems in relationships
1: yeah and would you say that that's the you know because you do teach tantric dating workshops and i'm wondering um who who shows up to those is it people that already know what tantra is is it people that assume that tantra means sex and it's going to be an orgy like do you get all the time?
0: <laughs> like teaching tantra great
1: dating workshops
0: great question i think that um I think that uh, some people might show up thinking it's going to be more sexual than it is, but it's in a non-sexual environment. And it's in a bookstore, uh, uh, a meeting center that has a lot of yoga and uh, crystals and this kind of lots of healing modalities. So I think people know that we're not going to be getting into being very sexual. We are very sex positive. We're not, we're not against sex at all, but we, um, we really want to bring this tantric perspective of, everybody's worth loving. And if when I can develop myself into that frequency that I can feel the loving ability of everyone, then I am more likely to attract a loving relationship instead of someone treating me like a fantasy object. And then you've got the basis for a good relationship. I think some people show up um, uh, hoping it's, you know, we do also offer more sexual type Uh, workshops later on if people are interested in that but as just the dating it's a little bit like a speed date in that people come in share um, get to know everybody in the room Uh, but we do it uh, in a more embodied fashion and not just with the checklist in mind of is this is this my candidate Uh, if it's yes I'll ask them on a date and if it's not I'll throw them in the trash can
1: yeah. And I'm wondering in terms of your own journey, what, you know, you did three and a half years of mainstream dating and then did you move into a more tantric perspective and what's your dating life like now?
0: Well, I I, I actually met the love of my life through this process two years and four months ago. We got married four months ago. So I know it works. <laughs> and um, what happened to me is I had had the uh, tantric ashram experience before and then I tried to do the mainstream dating and I just couldn't make heads or tails out of it until I started realizing that I want to find what's lovable about each person I'm sitting across the table from. I had over 150 first dates. And, you know, I went through all of this myself, like this is a waste of time. Some of these people are just, you know, people often complain about the quality of the people they're meeting. And I noticed in myself, as I continued to bring more of the principles I'd learned in Tantra, which is this person in front of me right now is a, it's, it's possible for me to treat this person with love and awareness or not love and awareness in this moment. And mainstream dating is about not bringing love and awareness in this moment to this encounter. It's about bringing a mental idea of whether this person fits the fantasy or not. And as more I was able to drop down in my body and enjoy just this encounter, I noticed that dating became... More and more, meeting, bringing people to me who would actually make a satisfying relationship, which is exactly what happened. I had, you know, as we all do when we're dating, we have some where we're getting closer, and the relationships don't quite work out. But through this process, I was able to just meet my soulmate, and um, and I'm seeing it happen around me as a result of this process. I understand it's a little, it's a little. Um, might be a little difficult to quite get what we do because a lot of what we do in the class is experiential. We're actually experiencing these these um, this love and awareness through our bodies, sitting across from another person.
1: So, when you met your your partner, did you know right away? Because I feel like that's another part of the fantasy is falling in love at first sight, and that's not that's often not what happens. Yeah. Did, what What was your experience when you actually met met him, and how how did you navigate friendship first?
0: I did actually did not know, uh, did not know right away. And, um, I actually didn't even pay much attention to what he looks like. I found out later, much to my surprise, he was very handsome man, but I had trained myself to not really pay attention to that because I didn't want it to be a number one quality. And I just got to know him as a person. And, um, then I, we like to say it was love at first touch because as soon as our bodies were in connection, we knew there was something going on. But I didn't want to put a label on that right away. I just knew that I need—I personally need about three months to know if I—if I'm not just in the fantasy. And I think that's a good rule of thumb for people to date someone for three months before you know if you're just being blinded by the light. So I—I I kept my. Uh, I kept my, I I didn't make any sort of decision other than that I want to keep seeing him until about three months. And after about that point, we realized something going on here really special. And again, it was, we're comfortable hanging out with each other. We like each other's touch. We have similar values. We, uh, We have similar goals in life. And all that was much more important to me than it had ever been before when I was just kind of going for the the uh, you know the sizzle, the, is this person great looking? Is this person uh, good look good on my arm? Does this person turn me on in a way that I can't stop thinking about them? Uh, a lot of that um, neurosis wasn't there, but that's because I had trained myself that I didn't want to be choosing from those values anymore. Those values had not worked for me. I have a broken heart for many times, I had been married twice, and I just knew that I needed to find something else. And learning to date with love and awareness is really what I feel uh, was led me able to choose wisely this time and attract someone who's a really good, solid human being. Uh, and I was able to find that out by not falling in love with him before I knew who he was.
1: And yeah, so well found- said
0: and um that used to be my main criteria i've fallen crazy in love i still have people coming to me every single day with people they've fallen in love with in three months six months a year later it's like it's not the person i thought it was i forgot to find out if he's a kind person or not like yeah kind that should be be at the top of our list but it somehow gets buried because we're so looking for someone with sizzle and um you know, my new husband, my husband has plenty of sizzle, but I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to be swayed by that this time. So I started dating in a way where sizzle was not my number one objective, and we have plenty of sizzle, but uh, it's not because it was at the top of my list. It's because I can truly relax and be myself with him. He can truly relax and be himself with me. We have a great sexual connection because they're so. Deep trust, such deep trust that's where the beautiful sex comes from. and because you, you can really let go with this other person and connect. We also are committed to really connecting through our communication. So all of these all of these things becoming more important in lo- lo- through love and awareness, a tantric approach is leading to relationships that have substance and can last if that's what a person is looking for. And if they're not, you can still encounter someone. You can even have a one-night stand with this method where you can have a one-night stand with someone that's full of love and appreciation and isn't about I hate you the next day or I was ripped off. It's like we came together, we shared something beautiful, and that's all it was meant to be.
1: Yeah, part of what I hear underneath everything is like non-attachment to outcome like it's okay if we are just friends it's okay if we have a fling it's okay if we get married like it's not necessarily about the goal of because i it it feels very goal based the way that we do dating in our culture like i've got this goal of of being married to the right person and and sort of like you said with the checklist of like either they match this image that I have of that partner or not. And if not, I'll discard them because I got to get to the goal. I got to get to the goal. Yeah. Instead of Oh, you like to, you like to garden too. Like, what do you, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's yeah. like about, you know, friendship, like you said, instead of, matching someone to a checklist
0: yeah and people hear that friendship and they go oh god that means no sex it's like I disagree I think uh when you have a deep friendship that and you're sexual with each other that is the best sex I think it's fine to have a goal of wanting to get married or wanting to not get married or wanting to be polyamorous or wanting to have a partner I think it's fine to have this goal but as you say what we tend to do is we attach that desire and goal onto any person who looks like someone from a magazine rather than sit or looks like somebody on instagram rather than sitting and going is that the right person for me you know it's like it looks this person looks right squawks right talks right therefore i'm gonna try to make it work that was my mo for decades. you know just a long time but instead we go i just need to find someone who's vibing on my frequency You know, people can always get a makeover or a new haircut or buy some new clothes. (laughs) That part's easy. But this really part where this person and I can deeply trust each other, that's what we're going for because that's where the best tantric sex is. Deep trust and connection.
1: So, yeah, I'm I'm wondering um, if people are interested in going to your tantric events, where do you hold them? and I have listeners from all over the world. So is there, you know, a wider network as well?
0: Ah, well, I'm actually doing them here in Hollywood. There's a place called liberate Hollywood and to do it first Saturday of the month. And I have been just this morning talking with someone in England who's very interested in bringing it there. So slowly, but surely we will come to your town, but maybe not in your dating life, (laughs) but, um, I do have a book called tantric dating and, um, so that's available on Amazon. And then we're considering p- making a group call for support and so on. But at this point, the in-town workshop is just here in Hollywood.
1: Perfect. And in, I'm curious when you are coaching people around tantric dating, I'm wondering, let's say that you're a man and you're going out there dating and you are taking more of this perspective of friendship. Do you recommend that a man sort of communicates that to people as he's dating or not? Because I I I would wonder if a woman might feel unattractive or not wanted if he hasn't quote unquote made a move fast enough, you know, how does he navigate that if he really is interested in moving slower and really building friendship first?
0: Well, I don't recommend anyone say tantric dating because like you say, the words are a little loaded. Um, (laughs) But I, I have had clients who on their own have decided to just tell a woman that uh, I actually think from the men and women I've talked to, I think women actually appreciate it if the guy's not hitting on him right away. I think it's, it shows that he's a bit selective, that he's not impulsive, that he's steady. And um, I know I, I work with a lot of pickup artists. And, um, they actually don't often make a move right away. They actually wait and let a little bit of a, of a friendship develop. So I think it's actually good for everybody. And I I don't know that it needs to be explained. I think it's a demonstration of, I'm looking for something of quality. I'm not going to be swayed by a pretty face. I, um, I enjoy a pretty face. Nobody's saying we don't enjoy that, but that's not going to be my deciding factor. I'm looking for someone who's got some substance here and some character. So I think a man demonstrating that is really welcomed by most women.
1: Great. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. And there's a lot of ways to demonstrate attraction that isn't making a move. Absolutely. Because if you're just you know, breathing and enjoying her she's going to feel that and it doesn't have to be explicit.
0: Exactly. Everyone loves, loves being enjoyed. And if someone is, is actually uh, authentically enjoying you, you will feel it. You will feel it.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. This was helpful. I know I, um, within the last few months, I'm reflecting on dates I've been on. And I remember one where I definitely did the thing at the end of the date being like, yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) I'm kind of like moving on from it. But if I, if I, Really take the perspective of friendship, I think I would see him again because even if we're not going to end up together, it doesn't mean that the connection is valueless. And I think there was exactly. a way that I was looking at it as well, I'm looking for my man, and if this isn't my man, then I'm moving on instead of like there's so many other possibilities for that.
0: Yeah, for that I, even if we don't become friends, I think you said what you said, I just it's priceless. I love that. It's like it's not valueless to meet another human being. Right, but we treat people like if you're not, if we're not going to the altar, you're trash to me. And we talk about each other that way. Our friends are asking us about dating and saying, "Oh, throw them out" or whatever. And it's it's just an unloving approach that's leading to less love.
1: Yeah, I really I like that as kind of expanding the possibilities of, you know, maybe we're not going to end up together, and you are a valuable human being, and I value you. Yes, as a person. It makes so. a better world. Yeah. A better a world through dating. <laughs> a better world through dating. Perfect. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, Melanie, thanks so much. I would love being your guest and uh, I love the work you're doing. So thanks Thank very you. much.
1: Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just again, a quick note. If you're interested in the course, you can find it at pleaseherinbed.com, www.pleaseherinbed.com or at my site, melaniecurtain.com under courses and have a very sexy day.